Welcome to another episode of the Transcending Conversations podcast. Detroit is known for its long tenure as the automobile capital of the world and carries fame for being the home of distinctive Motown music. Its streets are lined with stunning Art Deco architecture and delicious restaurants. But Detroit is no stranger to poverty and the inequalities it brings. One of the most difficult challenges Detroit is currently experiencing is a lack of reliable internet access for its residents. This has led to a decline in access to education, access to healthcare, and even access to emergency services. This challenge has become remarkably familiar to our guest, Autumn Evans. Autumn is a results-driven public servant with a knack for connecting resources to strategic partnerships. She currently serves as the Deputy Director of Digital Inclusion for the City of Detroit. She has spent several years working in the government and nonprofit administration industry and is constantly seeking innovative solutions to longstanding problems. Autumn is eager to resolve some of Detroit's most pressing digital challenges and has seen immense success in her efforts so far. We are thrilled to have her join us on today's episode of Transcending Conversations. Hi, Autumn. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Transcending Conversations. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited to dive in today. It's been a little while since we last got to talk and we're able to come out to Detroit and speak with you a little bit about the digital divide. And we're so excited to dig in more today. Awesome. Yeah, you guys were such a pleasure to have. I'm glad you got to see some of the city, all the cool things that are happening in our city. So much, so much going on right now. I hadn't been to Detroit before that trip, and it was really exciting. Yeah, I think we're almost like a hidden gem right now, and people are like kind of scratching the surface about, you know, all the great things that are happening in Detroit and all of the great progress that's, you know, going on. So glad to, to shine a light on the city. Absolutely. Well, we'll dive more into all of that later, but I'd love if you could introduce yourself a little bit and maybe provide some background information on how you got involved in the digital divide space. Absolutely. So again, my name is Autumn Evans. I am the Deputy Director of Digital Equity and Inclusion for the City of Detroit. I am also the Operations Director for Connect 313. Um, how I came into this space of working for the city and tackling the digital divide um, at the height of the pandemic, I was working for a local nonprofit that um, served food insecure seniors, um, either homebound um, and low-income seniors. Um, so the city approached the local nonprofit I was working for, asking us to facilitate getting out devices to those homebound seniors so that they can connect to their family members as well as their healthcare professionals. So my job was to stand up a program to deliver 4,000 devices in less than six weeks. Yeah, that was a very challenging project, but so glad to do it. So glad to um, employ people during that time and so glad to see so many of our Detroit residents connected to their loved ones and their healthcare providers. That was my introduction to the digital divide. And so after that program, um, I was asked to come on full time as a part of the digital equity team. And here I am now. That's so exciting. So on the on the flip side of that project, you know, what were kind of the big hopes there? You mentioned seniors being able to connect with their families and with healthcare. What did you see kind of come out of that initial project? 
I saw um, anecdotally a desire for Detroit residents, especially our seniors, to not be left behind. Um, they were excited to get devices every day. We would have lines wrapped around the building for wow. people, you know, wanting to get a device. We would have phone calls and voice messages, hundreds of voice messages of homebound seniors wanting a device. So um, I saw that there was a real desire um, and a need for for these type of services, and also. Um, just the sheer volume of technical assistance calls that we received from seniors wanting to know how then to use these devices that they just received. Um, we partnered with a local college or university who did a lot of like screening programs. So being able to make sure, you know, and screen for depression and Alzheimer's and do medication reviews virtually and just kind of start getting um, seniors back acclimated into, you know, um, caring for themselves. I think that was very um, inspiring about the project. So there's a lot of good things that came out of that um, project and really a lot of learnings to to show and prove why digital inclusion activities are so necessary and they're desired and they're needed for um, our residents. Absolutely. It's so interesting because a lot of times when you think of digital divide or access to internet, people automatically kind of drift to a younger audience, you know, just a younger audience in general, but seniors really do have such a need. They really do. Um, I think over the pandemic, I think they saw how necessary technology is to remain connected when you can't get a hold of someone through your normal, you know, modes of connection, whether it's going to church and going to, you know, your local bingo hall and, you know, yeah. all the places that they usually would socialize, they didn't have that. So, you know, attending church was a big reason why people wanted to get connected. Um, that's a, a very um, cultural and, you know, social need for a lot of seniors and uh, as oh, well absolutely. as, you know, health care. Absolutely. Being connected to their doctors and making sure that, you know, their medications are refilled and all of those great things. I definitely saw a spectrum of people who either were com completely unfamiliar with the technology and are like, OK, I need my caretaker, my um grandchildren or a daughter or a son to help help walk me through this. And then you had another complete um, other persona of a senior who was ready to go. They were, you know, very eager to learn and they weren't afraid and, you know, they didn't need help setting it up and they were ready to, to dive in. But in all of that, there was definitely a desire. And I think that's something that a lot of practitioners need to be aware of is as you build these uh, programs, there's a need and a desire for them. Absolutely. What are some of the specific challenges that the city of Detroit is facing right now in relation to the digital divide? It's about coordination and communication. For the city of Detroit, we really try not to isolate programming into City Hall. We are very big on collaboration and increasing the capacity of nonprofit partners and organizations and um, other community partners who are already doing the work. So I think what happens is a lot of times there's a lot of duplication of work in the digital inclusion space. And so um, resources aren't utilized to their best, you know, capacity and ability. Yeah. And one really, really great program, you know, that could possibly be replicated across the town. You know, they don't have the resources to do so. So for us, um, we really want, want it to solve for the challenge of capacity building and just knowing where the resources are, knowing who's doing what. So not only knowing who's doing what, but also coordinating those pieces so that we all work together in a more in a more effective and streamlined way. 
When the city of Detroit first kind of identified that issue of the digital divide and the impact it was having on its residents, what was kind of that initial step, maybe, that kick-started all of the things that you're working on right now? Listening tours, um, ecosystem scans, going to find out who's already doing what, right? Um, digital, digital inclusion is one of those issues where it's not very in your face. It's very elusive yeah. in that it can be identified through all other different like issues, right? So when it comes to education, um, there's uh, there's a digital divide in the education industry uh, in the in the K through 12. Um, school systems, you know, who has access to devices, who doesn't? What are the implications yeah. of those who, who have access to the internet and their grades and those who don't? You know, that having access to technology um, is very indicative of the academic divide, right? Um, and then you look at healthcare, you know, you see that those who have access to technology have better health outcomes. Um, so I think that going into those spaces and industries and communities and systems that are already established for other reasons and then identifying how technology plays a part um, has been very integral in building our our theory of systems change and all of the different ways that we, you know, attack the digital divide. Um, we don't make it a standalone issue. We pair it with what other issues are going on, whether it's accessing income supports. You can't fill out a, like a, a WIC application, you know, yeah. or a food stamp application on paper anymore. You have to do it online. So these are all of the ways that when people are disconnected, all of the resources, all of the opportunities and every other facet of their lives are affected. So how do we make sure that we meet people where they are and provide the education tools and um, resources in order to bridge that divide? So really that environmental scan was really our first step going into the community, talking to those who already had computer programs going on, those who already had um, local um, computer labs, um, churches that just had, you know, computer labs in their basements or, you know, the local nonprofit organization that had computer labs, like understanding what resources were already available was really our first step in trying to build this ecosystem-wide approach to solving for this issue. What's the city doing right now to help continue that work and minimize the digital divide? Absolutely. We um, the Office of Digital Inclusion and Equity received about $40 million in ARPA funding through the federal government, allocated through city council in order to address the digital divide in the city of Detroit. And so what we're doing at the city level is really strengthening that social infrastructure and um, partnering with a lot of different vendors or organizations that are already doing great work in order to scale. We are not you know, keeping that money for our department or, you know, scaling within. We're not doing a ton of hiring. I think we added one more FTE, who's our ARPA digital equity manager. But outside of that, we really want to want to strengthen the infrastructure. And I call it a social infrastructure because that's really what it takes is that social capital in order to amplify messaging or get, you know, the word out about what's available. Um, some of our more tactical things that we're doing with our, at the city level, we are investing in an open access, I'm sorry, an automated open access infrastructure. So it'll be fiber in the ground. The goal is to have fiber to the home for every resident or every home in the city of Detroit. Um, we're starting with a pilot area within Hope Village that's about 2,500 homes. So that's where we're putting a bulk of our money and 
And then from there, we're going to scale on more of the resource side for any resident. Um, they can call a 313-Detroit number, and it's a call center. Press 1 for you know to get internet access. Press 2 to get a device. Press 3 for technical support, you know, and really just standardize the way that we support everyone on their journey to being more digitally connected and more confident in their ability to navigate the digital world. What's your hope for the outcomes? Once the fiber is installed in kind of this pilot project, what does that look like for residents? That looks like a really unique and powerful internet experience because we know the internet is the information highway. And the more you can learn, the more you can do. So I plan on seeing more small businesses started. I plan on seeing you know, an increase in the economic mobility of that neighborhood whether it's people learning a new skill, whether it's people, you know, going and get their their degrees. I'm hoping to see an increase in the academic performance of the school systems and the children in that area. I'm really hoping to see an increase in the, the overall, you know, quality of life for this neighborhood. I'm hoping to see industry be attracted to this neighborhood because of the fiber build and having access to that high-speed internet at low cost and affordable options. I'm really looking, you know, the sky the limit when you talk about you know fiber and what's the possibilities you know whether it's people just enjoying themselves more and having access to more um more opportunities um that's really what we try to say or not what we try to say it's something that we say is that opportunity lives online there's so much opportunity for those who are living in lower income households and that internet it can be that great equalizer you can get on the internet and google and find out how to do almost anything so just really uh having the internet is a level of empowerment and so i'm really hoping to see this neighborhood be empowered in so many different ways and so many different social determinants of health being you know increased and just really Really, really just moving this neighborhood to like an ideal neighborhood for the city of Detroit of what happens when you level the access of information. Yeah, absolutely. It's so exciting to hear all the energy and the passion in your voice around this project. Yeah, I, I think about, you know, where the city was when I was a young child, 18, you know, so 2008, 2009, where Detroit was really written off. You know, we were going through the bankruptcy in the early, you know, 2010s. And it was really depressing to be looked at as, you know, the worst city in the world, you know, the the worst murder rate, going the first large municipality going through um, bankruptcy. And then it turned out Detroit was the least connected city in the United States. So my energy and what I bring to, you know, this program or this initiative is my desire to see my hometown, my family, my children not be looked at as the underdogs. And what can we do to, you know, move a community from the least of these to being really a shining star on, you know, that comeback story of Detroit. So, you know, what we're doing around the digital divide really I believe, contributes to that narrative of Detroit being shifted. Absolutely. You've mentioned Connect 313 a couple times. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so Connect 313 is the city's ecosystem-wide strategy to bridge the digital divide. It's a coalition of over 600 community partners that have raised their hands to say, I want to be a part of the solution. Connect 313's founding partners are um, the city of Detroit, Rocket Community Fund, 
Microsoft and also United Way of Southeastern Michigan. And what these founding partners have done is create operations through targeted investments from partners such as the Rocket Community Fund to build, like like I said, that social infrastructure for change. Um, One of the main things that we've done is build um, a governance model where residents businesses or anyone really who lives, works, or learns in the city can volunteer on a work committee and process through suggestions and recommendations that come through from anyone in the city of Detroit and fund them. So we give them a pot of money and say, go for it. So they regulate themselves. Uh, We just set up the structure for them. They have their own charters. They have their own priorities and they vote. I have no say in the way that that Connect with Three money is ran. All I do is set the table and we allow the community to set their priorities and say, this is what we want to invest in. And then when big ideas come about, we take them and put them in front of a larger philanthropy and funding opportunities and allow others to invest in these solutions. So what we've seen or some of the projects that have come out are you know, a digital literacy handbook, a citywide digital literacy handbook, where we've developed a curriculum that anyone can download in the city of Detroit. It's very Detroit-centric and teach from that handbook. So those are like one of the resources. Some other operations of Connect 313 are our community ambassador program, where we have partnered with anchor organizations in order to hire local residents to be digital divide ambassadors. And what that means is that that person in that specific district is responsible for making sure that everyone in that district is aware of the digital divide, the ways that it manifests. They bring resources into that area, whether it be digital literacy classes or even, you know, device distribution and giveaways. They're responsible for, you know, collecting data on behalf of Connect 313 so that we can get a better idea of what's going on on the ground. They also give us feedback about what residents want to see. These ambassadors have great relationships with Department of Neighborhood Managers. So we're really trying to attack the digital divide, not only in these prescriptive or, you know, very tangible ways with devices, device giveaways, but also through advocacy, you know, making sure that voices are heard from the grassroots all the way up to the grass tops. And by doing that, it makes my job easier. So when I go to city council and I go to, or I go to advocate, you know, on the federal level and they say, well, what does your community want? How do you know? I can point to a whole structure that says, hey, look, this is what we've built and this is what they're saying. How are you going to communicate this out? How are you going to share it? We're definitely going to issue a playbook in 2023 about how we did it. I take calls from communities all the time and just kind of share wisdom and share our best practices. And I, and I also listen to what's working in their community and see if it's something I can replicate. So I have no problem doing one-on-ones, speaking at different conferences and sharing um, the stage with other you know great professionals. I'll be at the National Digital Inclusion Alliance in February. I'm really looking forward to that because it's like the family reunion of all you know <laughs> digital inclusion people. So those are some of the ways that we're gonna that we're looking at sharing it out first um have some other big ideas you know one of them is you know being able to host a a summit in detroit for municipalities and other partners who want to get down into the nitty-gritty of the how right there's only so much you can say in 45 minutes but if we had a day together and i could just walk you through okay this is this program these are these outcomes and this is how we did it i would love to do that right yeah Um, so being able to have a very local a very like a summit 
focus on local implementation of even national programs, like the American Connectivity Program. Detroit is number one in the nation for signups, right? I want to share how we did it. You know, what was yeah. the coordination that was that was needed? You know, when it comes to the BEAD Act and then also the Digital Equity Act that's coming, like how are we preparing our community to advocate for those for those resources? What's the data that's needed in order to do that? How are we collecting that data by partnering with other organizations who are already doing data collection? So definitely want to get down into the weeds and that's something that's aspirational for connect 313 in the city of detroit for 2023-2024 well and yeah how much can you how much can you say in in 45 minutes or even a day right but those relationships that could be formed at something like that those could last forever those could have unimaginable impact and so that's so exciting to think about Absolutely. Especially when you think about, you know, not just, you know, local, but also regional. What happens when, you know, a city of Detroit links arms with Chicago, links arms with Minneapolis and say, hey, these are the things that the Midwest looks for when it comes to connectivity. These are the standards. These are the ways that we're going to, you know, move the needle on the digital divide. And we're sharing information. We're sharing data. We're sharing trends. Like, how can we create even a more, you know, connected region so that practitioners don't feel so isolated yeah. and then our resources stretch it, stretch across, you know, state lines. I think it's very much so possible. As part of the Transcending Conversations podcast, we hope to share the impactful innovations, ideas, programs, and organizations that have been created to help solve the issues we discuss in our episodes. This week, we want to highlight a nonprofit organization that works to create equitable access to opportunity for communities left on the wrong side of the digital divide. Human IT is an organization that provides a variety of services, including internet access, devices, digital training, and technical support to communities struggling to bridge the digital divide. One of the communities they serve is Detroit, which is why we chose to highlight them in this specific episode. In addition to increasing digital equity, Human IT also works with businesses and organizations to donate used devices, keeping technology waste out of landfills. Since its creation, Human IT has distributed over 302,000 tech devices, assisted 102,000 houses in receiving internet access, provided digital literacy training to 6,000 individuals, and completed 28,000 tech support tickets. They have also diverted 12 million pounds of e-waste from landfills. Way to go, guys. To learn more, visit human-i-t.org. That's human-i-t.org or find the link in our show notes. Thank you, Human IT, for your inspirational and impactful work in minimizing the digital divide. Well, and just sharing those first steps, because I think sometimes it can be so hard to see an issue, but then to recognize like, okay, where do we even start? You know, and having Mm -hmm. someone to kind of reach a hand out and say like, let me let me show you what worked for us. It's it's exciting to think of how impactful that could be just to take that first step for some of these communities. Uh, 
Absolutely. And I, and I think it, take, it takes a lot of confidence to be ambitious, right? Yeah. It takes, you can't be so risk averse. Don't get me wrong. I have like five new gray hairs. And <laughs> my hair, you know? It's very stressful <laughs> to be entrepreneurial in the government space, yeah. but, you know, being able to, to, to be not even the first, because we're not the first to build something like this, but to be loud about it, right? To be loud about it, to, you know, be willing to share outside of like the normal channels and just to say, hey, here's my email address. Here's my phone number. Give me a call whenever. Being able to, like you said, build those relationships. You know, I think by seeing a city like Detroit that's been through so much and, you know, has some of the worst outcomes in the nation when it comes to a lot of, you know, our um, quality of life issues to see us move the needle, I think it makes it more attainable for communities that may not experience the same type of issues to say, okay, if Detroit can do it, I can do it. Oh, it's just, it's so exciting to hear all the different parts and pieces that you guys are working on and how they're fitting together and that you're taking such a sustainable approach. Cause I think it, it inspires so much hope for, you know, whoever's, whoever listens to this podcast and whatever community they've come from or communities that they're working with, there's something tangible here for them that could be implemented. And I think that's what's going to really create change. Absolutely. I think it takes, you know, a very clear vision Mm -hmm. um, for where you want to go. But then it also takes those who are willing to put in the sweat in order in order to see it come to life. And, you know, like I said, my why is because these are, this is home for me. Yeah. Um, I, I raised my children here. You know, I, I want them to be successful. I want them to have the same opportunities that those in, you know, just one county over have or one street over. I want them to, you know, not be capped by their zip code. And and that's something that I'm willing, that's a fight that I'm, I'm willing to fight as long as I can um, in order to see them be successful and not just them, but my nieces and nephews and then not yeah. just them, but my neighbors. So, you know, for me, it's very personable to, to, to see the digital divide or any other, you know, disparity be addressed. Um, and I think people just have to find their why when it comes to fights like this, because it is systemic and it can be, you know, challenging or draining Mm -hmm. or you know frustrating when you deal with the people person aspects of it very transparently like connect 313 uh, we're developing our culture as connect 313 but think about it we have professionals who are in, in so many different organizations and they all have their different cultures and they all have the different ways that they work. So how do you take people who are on loan from all these different organizations and put them in a room together and say, okay, now work together and, you know, yeah. ultimately. like that can be a challenge, you know, and, and, but taking a two, three steps back, it's like, wow, we, we were able to do a lot, you know, and, and celebrating those successes. And then also looking into say, okay, now how do we create a connector and three culture that works for everyone? You know, I think that's definitely an opportunity as we continue to grow going into our third year as an operation. Yeah, absolutely. Every episode we like to, we like to wrap up with our guests by asking what listeners can do today, within the next month, maybe within the next year to help transcend the conversation, to help create that real impactful change in their communities. What would you say would be your, your advice for listeners? That's a big question. I would say to give yourself the grace to reframe the problem and look at it, look at it in a different way. 
to not be so locked in in your one way of doing things or one way of thinking about things or one way of answering a question of like, what does it need? You know, what does it take to solve a problem? But to go back to that problem and reframe the problem. What I had to do was reframe the way I looked at technology and seeing that, oh, wait, technology is not the solution. It's a tool, Yeah. right? So I want to get, you know, if it's just, oh, we got to get devices out, get devices out, got to get people connected, get people connected. like, okay, for what? Like, for what? For what? Like, like pressing yourself to see, like, what is the real issue that you're after? So I would say, like, you know, take a deep breath, you know, and, and allow yourself to grace to reframe, reframe the way that you do things, reframe the problem, reframe the way that you approach partnerships and, you know, the way that you interact with people who, you know, have similar goals, you know, like you do, like, you know, to not, you know, let things be so competitive, but, you know, how can collaboration be, you know, a win for everyone? So I really think, you know, allow yourself the grace to stop, to slow down and say, okay, how can I look at this differently? Absolutely. Just because you pivot doesn't mean the work that you had done up to that point is null and void. It just means that you're willing to continue to put the effort in to make it better. Absolutely. Like, and not discounting where you've been to say, oh, I never thought about it that way. Like, no, it's okay. Like you thought about it in one way and now you have information. Now you have more information and now you can think about it a different way and get different results. But all of that compounds into something. And I think that's what we have to look at it as, you know, a, 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 compo- a compounding of wins, a compounding of progress and, you know, moving the needle. And we talk about it as if, you know, we go from zero to a hundred. Like, no, that's not always what it is like even that one degree change takes you in a whole nother direction and being able to you know have the courage or the you know the ambition to to make those type of changes I think it's it's uh it's rewarding on the back end it's something to be proud of so really you know slowing down and asking yourself different questions and reframing the problem, reframing the way that you do your work. And, you know, if you want to see different results or if you're frustrated in the area, I think that is one way we can transcend where we are to go to our preferred future. Absolutely. If people want to learn more about Connect 313 and the work that you guys are doing in the city of Detroit around this issue, where where should they go? You can go to connect313.org. We have a plethora of resources, of ways to connect to Connect313. My email is autumn.evans at detroitmi.gov. That's the best way to reach me personally. Um, I'm always happy to talk to different communities and different stakeholders about Connect313, but connect313.org is the best way to find out more about um, the way the city of Detroit is addressing the digital divide. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been, I mean, really just inspiring to think of all that, all that's coming down the pipe in the city of Detroit and what that means for all of us as it continues to impact people everywhere and continues to grow. And it's really exciting. So thank you so much for all that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being, you know, such great friends to the work that we're doing and to the city of Detroit and Connect 313. And I look forward to working with you guys more throughout the next new year. We'd like to thank Autumn Evans for joining us on this episode of Transcending Conversations. If you would like to learn more about her efforts with Connect 313, visit connect313.org. 
Like we said, Autumn is eager to connect resources to strategic partnerships. So if you feel you could help Detroit minimize the effects of the digital divide, do not hesitate to reach out. You can contact her via email at autumn.evans at detroit.mi.gov. That's autumn.evans at detroit.mi.gov. Both of these resources will be available in our show notes. Please join us next week as we learn about the digital equity challenges facing the city of Chelsea, Massachusetts. We look forward to being with you then.